morning, everybody. I'm Charlie Fink with Ed Shilowitz. It's February 11th, 2022, and it's This Week in XR, sponsored by Verbella. Our guest today will be Ryan Engel, the co-founder and CEO of Golf Plus, uh, which also makes Top Golf and Pro Putt. Uh, for the Oculus Quest, Ted and I are addicted to the stupid game, so we'll have to ask Ryan how he did that. Good we are night. legit fans. I think it's, it's a great a proof. Super Bowl weekend here in Los Angeles. Yeah, I think the golf thing is a great provability of stuff you like to do in the real world yes. transfers over into the virtual world. Well, right? and, and arguably it's better because it's faster and easier and it takes an hour or an hour and a half to play 18 holes. Yeah, that's that's one way to look at it. It's I, I don't know if I'd argue better, but certainly different and and a interesting uh, viable replacement for, uh, you know, getting that feeling of, of hitting a golf ball. Yeah. And so big news close to home yesterday. It looks like Binance is buying about 15 percent of Forbes. Really interesting, huh? Really interesting financial news that a company that's largely involved in the crypto revolution is taking on a uh, stalwart of the uh, mainstream sort of press for such a long time, right? What we're seeing is some of that crypto money buying real world assets. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a a lot of what was going on in the late 90s when AOL bought Time Warner, you know, trying to leverage its inflated stock price to buy something you know that had real world value and a traditional dependable revenue streams. Yeah, really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, oh, and this, uh, this is another thing I did that I wanted to bring up, just uh, wasn't in the column, but I did put it up on Twitter. I am struggling to understand You're struggling. the difference between Web3 uh, and um, between Web3 and the metaverse. Interesting. Right. So, I mean, could you easily explain their connection, what each is and how they are connected? Well, again, right. It's all terminologies. Um, So it only defines as you want to define it or a group wants to define it or the world wants to define it. But um, you and I have talked about the fact that we perceive the metaverse has already happened a long time ago once uh, technology started to enter the realm of communication. Right. All the way back to the telegraph and the telephone and then. Uh, traditional television and then to, to where we are today. Um, the To me, the web two to web three, and see if you agree with this, is that web two is largely the two-dimensional pixel plane of, of the web. Most websites live off a two-dimensional grid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and web three is starting to explore Z-depth, is starting to explore the third dimension of the screen, which logically means that you're going to want to use spatial devices for some of it, not all of it, but you can sort of track it along the lines of video games, right? From when video games, when we grew up, were 2D scrolling experiences for the most part. Then people started to figure out with more advanced graphics and more advanced processors that you could start to go into the Z-depth. And now almost all video games use Z-depth, right? Minecraft, Fortnite, Grand Theft Auto, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Every video game you think about. The web is now largely starting to turn into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a richer graphical interface that allows for social and, and productivity and things to change. So, so let me read some of the comments, starting with our friend Kathy Hackle, who's going to be on the show next month. Yeah, uh, I think a, she's going to get a green jacket. That'll be her third. Yeah, day. she's she's like us. She's like one of us. Yeah. And so, so she tried to answer. Right, tell me what you think of this explanation. Quote, to me, Web3 and the metaverse are intrinsically linked, but not the same thing. Web3 centers on how people, spaces, places, and assets, things 
are connected in this new iteration of the internet, while the metaverse centers around how we will experience the future of the internet, which is enabled by many different technologies. I um, largely agree, but sort of interchangeable. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think that that's, I mean, I think she's making the right points, but I think it's just like how we argue, what is the internet? Well, the internet is sort of anything you want it to be once you connect it to something that allows you to, to view it and experience it, right? As, as somebody whose job it is to make sense of the language around technology, I really yeah. stumped. Uh, okay, last top, couple, a uh, few more topics for this morning, and then we'll get to Ryan, who I see just entered uh, the waiting room. So we'll let him cool his heels in there for a few minutes. But I just wanted to remark, you know, this must, this is Schadenfreude week in Exxon. Mm. <laughs> I mean, Lucas Matney, who's the editor in chief of TechCrunch, and a guy I, I, I follow and admire a lot, mm -hmm. took off on Facebook and VR. Mm. It's like, he mm -hmm. showed the flip side of everything we talk about, which is what we generally don't talk about. Yep. Because, you know, we're optimists and we're fanboys and we're excited, but he took the dark side, right? Yeah, There's yeah. no advertising and revenue in VR. You know, they're like Facebook business is gonna drag them down. Uh, right. you know, VR not good enough yet. You know, VR headsets sitting on the shelves. Uh, yeah. you know, Apple punting for several years. Uh, yeah. So, you know, uh, I, I mean, a legitimate way to look at it, and this was accompanied by a hailstorm of stories about Microsoft engineers being poached by Meta from their uh, immersive group under Alex Kipman, along with whole yes, right. commercial HoloLens being put on ice. You know, they've been having trouble um, with their IVAS project with the military, although both Microsoft and the military say it's going great. It has suffered when one of its trials were suspended and so forth. So maybe that's gonna happen or not, but it, it was followed by a wave of protestation from the company, particularly from Alex Gitman, mm -hmm. who started tweeting about it. Which yeah, very, don't believe anything you read on the internet. Very rare right? for Alex, uh, somebody like Alex to jump in to a dialogue, which is so speculative, but the insider you know, is a real uh, investigative, uh, journalism. And so, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. So it was a very depressing week for XR in that respect. As you know, I predicted uh, Metastock would come roaring back, you know, having having gone back to its, I, I don't know, March 2020 price, mm -hmm. uh, which ain't bad. I mean, if, if you believe, I believe the decline in their business is going to be very slow. I don't argue it's not going to happen, but we're talking about a company making $120 billion a year, making yeah. $119 billion a year. Yeah. So it's not like the value has been stripped away from their, that company. If their metaverse plan works, uh, you know, that people are going to hail them as a genius as they have for their acquisition of Instagram for a billion dollars, for which they were highly derided in 2012 or whenever that was. Yeah, I was I was thinking about this a little bit through the lens of the the long history with Apple and my sort of long connection to Apple uh, as a you know a tech company that uh, there was a period of time where it you know it landed on rocky shoals and uh, and almost went away right uh, like our memories are short the obviously people forget that now we have a company that you know hovers around a three trillion dollar valuation at one point its stock was so low that it almost you know left the exchange and 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 went away as well, a, let's not let's know. not forget that i believe it was in 1997 
that that Microsoft loaned Apple 150 million dollars because they were worried if Apple went out of business, right. they were absolutely crushed by antitrust rules. Right. Right. And you know, and and certainly Apple turned the corner, right? And and with the, the, the well, they turned the corner by bringing back Steve Jobs with the re-energizing of Steve and his and his ethos, and and they were able to really turn it into something new. So you know, the, and and we've seen the other side of this equation with companies like Sun Microsystems, which, by the way, uh, is the backside of the sign, the Facebook now Meta sign. I don't know if it's still there, but on my last trip up there, uh, the back that the original Facebook campus is the Sun Microsystems campus, and they left the logo up on the back and on some of the doors to remind you that if you're not always on your toes, what happened to Sun Microsystems could happen to then Facebook. So it's interesting that a piece of it did indeed happen because of the changes in the wind, but you have to know that they're a nimble enough company to have foresight. And while you know the, the heads of TechCrunch and others may report about you know the, that none of this is happening, the reality is change is happening. And you have to be aware that devices are changing. You don't I, I don't know that. how this is different than the introduction of game consoles when Sony lost a billion dollars at the time. It was unthinkable that mm-hmm. they had to invest that kind of money to launch a, essentially what was viewed uh, in the late 90s as a toy. Right, uh, right. So, so, you know, people have short memories. You know, that right. is one of the largest businesses in the United States. Uh, Activision purchased for $75 billion by Microsoft. You know, we've seen all these other, you know, ZeniMax, Bethesda software snapped up. Uh, you know, so there's a, lot, a wave of consolidation going on because this represents the bulk of the entertainment business today. Mm-hmm. So, right. so the world is, is quite different than yeah. it was 20 years ago. Oh, so, and meanwhile, the Super Bowl is going to be filled with VR and they're, Oscar- they're spending huge amounts of money to promote it and followed by a Foo Fighters concert in mm-hmm. uh, which we'll both watch. Yep. That, yep. that doesn't give you FOMO for not having Meta. I do think there's a way to participate uh, on a, on a desktop, but but being in Horizon venues with other avatars uh, is always a special experience, especially since it's the Foo Fighters. It's being produced by SuperSphere. I'm sure Oculus is lavishing ten or twenty million dollars on this thing. So uh, I'm actually looking forward to that more than the Super Bowl. Although Go Rams, uh, I am so excited to see the Rams Bengals game. I think it's going to be the game of the year. Well, certainly every playoff game up to it was the game of the century. So if that's any indication, yes. Great great segue to sports, right? Yeah. Ryan on standby. So let's bring him in. Hey, Charlie. Ryan Engel, you are live on the This Week in XR podcast. Welcome. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey, Ryan. Our our pleasure. We were singing your praises at the beginning of the show because Ted and I are so addicted to um, golf plus, yeah. you know, I, I said, it's like regular golf, just as frustrating, but it only takes an hour and a half. That's well, and awesome. It's, it's yeah. the only place. It's the only place I can hit a 330 yard drive on a driving range. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Thanks for that. <laughs> me too. Me too. I appreciate it. Can help so, you go a little bit. Yeah. We've heard, we've heard the golf is virtual, drive. but the frustration is real. <laughs> the golf is virtual, but the frustration is real. I love that. Yeah. So speaking of 300 yard drives, you guys are crushing it, right? You had an amazing. Nice, nice segue, Charlie. That was yeah, good. Yeah, that, yeah. I hope that was impromptu. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been, we've been off to the races. So the game has been out now for just under three months. Uh, and 
it looks like by the time we hit our three month mark, we'll have about 2 million rounds in game. Fantastic. When it came out, I thought, well, I'm never going to leave pro putt because I'm really good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but then golf plus got under my skin and my wife was like, it's like real golf. You're like doing it all the time. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm just trying to get good enough to beat Ted. Right. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. Yeah, we also found that if you have three or more friends in the game, then you play three times as many rounds. So we're definitely mm. seeing it is a very social experience. And uh, that's one of the things that we plan on prioritizing is like helping, helping Charlie's find their Ted's. That, that's really interesting. That makes sense. Yeah, the social aspect of it. So, and, and you added a PGA course. We did Valhalla Country Club, Jack yep. Nicholas course, hosted a Ryder Cup and a couple majors, and it'll be the host of a major in a couple of years from now as well. Won't it be amazing when you're watching golf on TV and you see there at Sawgrass or whatever, and then you pop into Golf Plus and you can play the same? And it's like, oh, I just played that hole. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what excites me the most personally because I've been watching golf, you know, since I was a kid, and uh, I just haven't I haven't really played on many of many courses that pros most, have played most, on. Most people aren't in that elite group. They play the local courses and, you know, the one in Florida near the resort. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So and yeah, a lot of the PGA courses. To, to run around to, you know, wherever the PGA courses are. That's, that's what the big money guys do. Totally. Yeah. A lot of them are private, you know, and if they're public, they're booked up for years in advance. Well, so basically. $400. Four hundred bucks, yeah. Pebble, yeah. Pebbles, Pebbles, a beautiful course. It's public, but it takes a lot of planning and a lot of money to to get on there and play around. So that's where I think VR uh, has an interesting opportunity. Is you know letting people play these beautiful courses, and you could play Pebble in the morning, St Andrews in the afternoon. You can't do that so in real life. And our Pebble in St Andrews coming. What's going to be the pace? of addition of new courses. So we've got, we've, we've basically got sort of three top priorities this year. Uh, one of them, the most important one is famous courses. That's, that's our top priority. We're having some incredible conversations. Uh, they're pretty far along, but until we get it signed, I, I'm weary to announce anything. Mm -hmm. uh, bottom line, we're really looking at, you know, the courses that do show up in, in tour events, the courses that people have heard of, the courses that people are asking yeah, about. Great. Uh, and the cool thing is, you know, a lot, some of these courses are off limits to video games and, you know, they, they uh, golf is kind of an interesting sport where there's a lot of tradition and there's always the question of, is this enhancing our, our course experience or is this hurting it? And, um, the cool thing that we found is as we show people what the experience is like and get them in the headset and they try it, they're like, oh, this is so, this isn't we golf. This right. isn't. A video game like this actually feels like being on the golf course uh it's obviously not exactly the same but it's close enough where they're like we want to you know we really love the idea of being one of the first courses to be involved in this new space and we think it's going to attract I, people i think to the game. i think the professional golf association just like meta needs to disrupt itself they've been complaining for years that they're losing they're not appealing to younger demographic you know young adults don't have the time they don't have the money, they don't have the wherewithal, and it's threatening the future of golf. And so they've been looking for a solution to this for a decade or more when they realized that the attrition among senior golfers at, versus the people they're adding 
was going to put them in a downward trajectory. And so I, I think the idea that you could add something like this, which is less of a financial commitment, which you, know, you can do in your house in an hour, uh, where you get the same addictive you know, feeling that you can get mastery, but it's hard. You know, that's what makes video games really addictive. It's kind of easy at first, but then you see you have to build mastery if you really want to compete. And I think that, that this game could drive people to real courses, but they have to do something. They have to attract younger people. They have to attract a broader demographic. They have to attract more women. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So this is, to me, an opportunity um, in the making. Thank so, you so much. We appreciate it. That's that's our mission as a company is we want to we really want to introduce a lot of new people to golf that would otherwise not get into it for all the reasons that you mentioned. It's it's hard to pick up. It's hard to hit a real golf ball. You have to have clubs. You have to spend a lot of time practicing. There are a lot of unspoken rules on the course that can make you feel awkward. Um, it just takes a ton of time to play. All that being said, you know, we're not trying to replace golf. I love playing golf. I love going to a real golf course. We're just trying to help people get over that initial hurdle to say the game is worth the effort. I think most golfers would agree it will be frustrating. At times you'll want to quit. But at the end, once you get to a certain point, the game is worth the effort. We want to get people that feeling in VR a lot faster, a lot cheaper, uh, so that you know ho hopefully they they do kind of want to put in the effort to to go try it out in real life and, and play a real round of golf so so ryan here's my here's my question to you because as i first did it uh with pro putt and then when the top golf range kind of got in there and i thought okay so i was wondering in your mindset as you were creating the experiences um there are a lot of golf simulators uh that are out there but they're in and of themselves kind of exotic hard to set up a lot of room they're big um, yeah you need yeah. to have a you know a mcmansion right yeah right. or you or you or go to ride. a place where they have you know indoor golf and golf simulators and many um, country clubs in in colder areas do have golf simulators yeah yeah, yeah. so so my my question is as you evolve the product um the the only like real limitation i see so far to someone that likes to play real golf and would work to train on a simulator you probably see where this is going is to actually have a real club in your hand and enough space, you know, in a mat where you can swing that club. Um, and, you know, as the headsets get a little lighter and a little more nimble, the idea of needing a golf simulator can actually go away and you can actually really start to train and really see real results. Is that part of your trajectory? And maybe when will we see uh, an accessory that's actually a real club for, for the yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure you're familiar with kind of the existing accessories where you can put your Quest controller in here and get yep. one step in that direction. But if the weight distribution is not the same. So hold uh, that up and tell people what that is because. Uh, yeah, so so you can find this on Etsy. It's from our uh, RM Designs. Uh, the guy who makes this. The guy is like printing those things in his garage. Yeah, the guy Royce is amazing. He and I email all the time. We're actually working together on the next version of it cuz he's right. great and uh the controller just slides right in. There's right. no Pops straps. The yep. No straps or anything. It clips in and it's not coming out. I mean, you can swing as hard as you want and now you're holding a golf grip instead of a controller which like immersion level. So we've been working, we've even been chatting with some of the best golf instructors and coaches sending them these sending them a headset 
and they're able to hit their shots the way that they do in real life, even with this. Now, it's not perfect, but to your point, we want it to be perfect eventually. So the way that we see technology going, uh, you guys are well aware, but obviously there's virtual reality. And right now the Quest 2 is amazing, but it is it is fairly bulky and the controllers are bigger and all, all of that. And ultimately we believe that, you know, VR and AR effectively turn into one headset, a mixed reality headset, whatever you want to call it, you can see through and it's much lighter and the resolution's great. You know, the, the, uh, the bar Vario is a pretty good example of kind of what's possible there, but compact. So ultimately there's no reason that even when you're playing a real round of golf, there's no reason that eventually we couldn't have either a little tracker or just the cameras alone every single time you hit maybe, a shot. Maybe your iPhone use computer too. vision. The tracker. The well, that's a, that's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's just a matter of uh, time until the technology's at that point where we're yeah. able to use computer vision or, or trackers to basically track every single shot that you hit automatically, even while you're playing a round of golf. And then it can overlay like, oh, this is this was the path of your club. This was your ball speed. This is all that information. So right. long term, we think that, um, you know, long term, we want to be along for your ride, whether you're at home playing golf plus with friends using just the controller in kind of the lowest friction possible way, whether you want to upgrade the experience a bit, have this kind of half controller. So you're still holding a grip, but you don't have to worry about hitting your ceiling or having a huge space or breaking something whether you do want to sort of attach it to a golf club and you do have room in your house or you want to go to a bay somewhere and swing full clubs and eventually even, you know, hit a real golf ball and get the actual ball data versus us running our, you know, physics simulation to understand what the ball is doing. So we want to be along for the ride, you know, when you're on the course using kind of pure, more of an AR experience where you have AR glasses uh, and when you're at home playing something more similar to golf plus we think it's it's the full gambit and technology and, and golf are just kind of made for each other great this is what i was hoping you would you would walk through the the future trajectory and did it well so I, I appreciate that that's and you know because what we look at as an industry as we study this stuff is effectively simulation behavior and the advancements of simulation behavior right and its value across all sectors and you know recreation is of course a, a big one um Sports but, and fitness has turned out to be one of fitness. the biggest categories. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So right now we're kind of, yeah, I guess you could, you could call it fitness to some degree. Although I think some people would even argue if you call golf fitness in general. It is a sport. It is a sport. It requires skill and it's definitely, there's definitely sort of the recreational component. I think that's one of the big advantages that we have over a lot of, other VR experiences is, it, it, you know, what you see is what you get. And a lot of VR isn't like that because it is kind of hard to demonstrate, you know, what is this actually going to be like when I get in there? Whereas if we can tell you it feels like playing golf and you go in and it feels like playing golf, that's, that's kind of a satisfying experience. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think sport, I think that's why a lot of sports games like, like golf and table tennis uh, have, have uh have been so so fun even without these like core game loops that you get in a lot of other games that kind of have other other things that keep you coming back to earn more points or unlock the next level or you know things like that right so i love the idea of tournaments uh, i can't wait to see those uh taking shape because it's a great way to meet people uh mm -hmm. you know, who who like golf plus you know you get those people in your friends list you can see when they're there. so that's our second 
I, I mentioned we have kind of three priorities. First one's famous courses. That one kind of speaks for itself. Everybody wants to play the famous courses. The second is kind of how, what we're calling events, mm-hmm. which would include tournaments. Um, right now we have a, a decent sized discord community that you can join and people are constantly talking about the game, which is really fun. And some of them have broken out to create their own discord communities that they're managing mm-hmm. that do run weekly tournaments. And that happens in real golf as well. Absolutely. Exactly. Tournaments. I mean, other than the PGA, yeah, you know, of, which a lot runs... of bespoke tournaments, hundred uh, percent online in real golf. In fact, uh, my son, who is a professional of sorts, uh, participates in several of them in the LA area. So uh, they're uh, a popular way for people to get engaged with other golfers, and I guess now get engaged with other golf plusers. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, these tournaments are pretty serious. I compete in them myself because. Uh, oh, and is that unfair yeah. or what? Yeah, well, I'm a developer not, yeah. competing in the tournaments. I don't I'm know. Not, I'm not using my uh, my cheat codes, and I I, I don't I definitely don't win. Uh, you know, uh, so the folks that are playing the game are are at an incredible level of skill and. You know, even though uh, I I built the physics engine and and obviously am the founder of the game, um, you got to hit the shot. That's you know that's that's the reality of it. There's some folks on our team that have uh, have have been part of the process as long as me, and and uh, we're all at different skill levels. Let's just put it that way. Um, so it's so fun to play with some of our players that just take it to a level where I'm like how are you even doing that? Like, (laughs) do we need to change something? Cause it feels like you're cheating right now. Is it too easy now? I think the, 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 the the biggest, if I, if I had to look at like the, a weaker point in it is the putting. Um, The shots feel pretty real to me. Like, I feel like, you know, and when you said it in the medium or the harder, like it's, it's really doing what your swing is doing. If you're hitting inside out, it's, it's going to fade off to the wrong spot. It's going to do stuff. The, the putting is still not um, at the simulation level that I would like to feel like when I'm, because I'm, I'm a pretty, pretty good short game guy. So and I know you can change the speeds and stuff and I've experimented with it. I just wonder how you, how you evolve that part. No, that's actually funny you should say that because we we uh we feel the exact opposite and most of the, most of the compliments we get is the putting. It's not is, them, it's you. Yeah, it's yeah, probably so me I'm, there you really, go. I'm really curious. Are you playing on pro mode? Uh I played on pro mode and I played on the the, the medium mode, not amateur the mode. Amateur yeah. mode. Okay. Yeah. I would I would play on pro mode if you really want the sort of true to life. And I guess my one question for you would be, are you using one of these? Uh, no, not as of yet, but I'll go get one. Okay. Yeah. So for putting, that makes the most difference. That's probably what it is. Cause the just doing thing, the little thing, I just exactly. feel like the speed, I can never get right the speed right. The biggest thing with the, when you're using just the controller is it's really easy to get handsy. Yeah. And if you do that, when you're putting, the putter's the heaviest club in the bag, right? So you can't actually, you can't flick a putter right. in real life very right. easily. You can flick this really easily. So if you're about to hit and your wrist turns a little bit, it causes the head to go much faster. And that's why it's going 20 feet past when I would. But as soon as you attach it to this, that extra distribution actually makes it a lot harder to kind of flick with the, the weight down there. So once you try this, I, I think... Uh, right, Charlie and I'll get those and then we'll, we'll join yeah. you. Are the best we feel pretty good about the physics portion, but yeah, the feel of it is obviously a very personal thing. Because I think the full shots are actually quite good. Like, I feel like when I'm hitting, it's actually kind of at my skill level, which is interesting. 
Oh, that's awesome. That's good to hear. Yeah, I can't wait. We can send you one of these too. Uh, oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah we'll, I'd love to get your feedback on the putting specifically. Yeah. I think for the short game, this thing makes makes a big difference. Are the, do the best players all use it? Um, it depends. Uh, a lot of them a lot of them don't because they can hit the ball further with just the controller. They can, they can tweak it. Yeah. 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 So they've, you know, they've, they've got their short games just dialed in uh, and they've got so many reps with it that a lot of them are hesitant to switch over. Mm. Uh, so it kind of, it kind of goes both ways. It's a very personal thing. Interesting. Right. So one last question before we let you go. Um, what do you think is the secret sauce? There've been lots of golf simulators out there. Um, you know, since the Rift and the Quest, I mean, uh, the Rift and the Vive came out in 2016. So uh, none of those really has caught on the way that Pro Putt and Top Golf and um, uh, Golf Plus have. You know, so what is it? I think we lost Charlie yeah. for a second there. Uh, Charlie, Charlie, re asked that. You broke up for a second. Yeah, I said, what is it that Golf Plus is doing that all these previous and other golf titles do not? Without naming them, what is it that you are so good at that makes it so much more of a satisfying simulation? Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a tough one for uh, for me to answer. Obviously, I'm I'm biased, but the, yeah. the interesting well, go ahead answer, and brag. I mean, that's why you're yeah. here. <laughs> the interesting answer from my perspective, which is kind of counter to what Ted just said, is we uh, we pretty strategically started with putting as the core experience within Pro Putt specifically the physics of the ball i totally understand the feel of of it is um you know tough to do with a controller but we golf simulators don't do putting most of them you can't even putt chipping's terrible because you can't see the contours you can't see the elevation it, you know they show you a number and it's like i don't know how to hit a 25 yard shot i know how to hit a shot from here to that tree but i could i don't know what a 25 yard shot is so we really wanted to get the short game right because at the end of the day that's where the ball gets in the hole. And if you're not putting the ball in the hole, are you really playing golf? You know, that that's a debate. So we focus heavily on getting the physics for the putting right. And then I think the other big thing is, you know, uh, I'm the founder of the company and, and Rob, who you've met, is my co-founder. Yeah. We've both been playing golf. I started when I was 11. He started as soon as he could walk. Uh, we both played competitive golf in high school. And, um, you know, we, we played with our dads and it's like, it's a very dear activity to our hearts. I, um, I have spent thousands of hours, uh, personally wrote every single line of our physics model. Um, and you know, for Rob and me, we were not going to release this game until we felt like it felt like playing golf versus kind of all these other gaming aspects that could have made it more addictive for other reasons. We've got effectively no game loops, no real progression, not even really tournaments yet. We just launched a golf experience and we felt like if we can get the golf to feel right, then we can add those other components later, but we don't want other components to mask the golf experience of playing by yourself or with friends. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think the big thing comes down to I've been playing golf since I was 11 and writing code since I was 13. And I take, this is my dream project. You're the modern, you are the modern success story of, of how to take your passion and turn it into a product and a career that's actually working in a new, in a new medium, in a new industry, which is fantastic. And I, I would agree with you that in the pro putt simulator that Charlie and I have done, that putting experience is quite good because it is sort of this fantasy experience and you do get a good sense of it. 
But my take on it, maybe you'll agree or disagree again, which is great, um, is that you learn from the driving range, from the top golf experience of, of actually figuring out how to make a driving range work. And then you took all of that and applied it to the course as opposed to the other way around. Because when we started doing the, the, the driving range, which I, you know, I go to the top golf in Vegas and we have fun there when we're out on work trips and stuff. And you kind of created that simulation correctly, even to the point where you've got like music feeds up and you can load your YouTube videos and watch music in the background and choose whatever genre you want. And there's bays and you can join. And it's like, oh, you know what? This range really works. And then when you start to get to the driving thing and you're like, oh, I can pound these things and it really works. And then the next evolution was now take all those physics that were really working when you hit a five iron and it goes the way a five iron should. And when you hit it right, you know you hit it right versus hit it wrong and you can see where it goes. Then you took that to the course and suddenly the course worked. And I don't think any other golf simulator had that progression in my, in my opinion. So I don't know if that's correct yeah, or not. That, that, but yeah, that was very strategic. We wanted to nail putting, launch pro putt, get some traction, add the top golf range, get into kind of the full swing simulation stuff. And then that bought us some time last year to put all the pieces together, to do the deal with the PGA, to get some real courses built, figure out how do we even support 18 whole courses in VR right. with no load time. You can go anywhere on the course immediately um, with no load time once you're in there. Uh, yeah. And it, it's like a pretty big, you know. Uh, and let me ask this, how uh, the relationship with Topgolf, did you come to them? Did they come to you? How did you, how did you land that? Because that's a yeah. big we, we came, we came to them. Uh, we, uh, they, we're in Austin, they're in Dallas. So we had some, we had some friends and we oh, had done an ARF. What's that? I'm going to be in Austin next month, South by Southwest. We should, we should play some golf. Uh, yeah. Let's try it. <laughs> or, yeah. Or, or, or whatever else, but yeah, we should definitely sync up. Um, but yeah, we, we had kind of, we kind of had some, you know, uh, a network there. And once the quest came out, we developed a putting prototype using some physics that we had developed for our AR app prior to that. And uh, came up with a prototype where we actually did connect the first, the Quest 1 controller directly to a putter. Mm. So the feeling there was, I mean, cool. yeah, insane. Yeah. You could even, you know, tap the ground with your putter and feel it, right? Uh, so it was insane. Um, and we showed them that prototype and they were like, well, we're, th our business is doing pretty well. You know, this is before COVID. You know, like everything's going pretty well, but uh, if, uh, keep us posted. And, 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 um, and a couple of weeks later, Oculus had reached out to them to see if they wanted to do something. Mm. So they connected Oculus to us. And, uh, and then, you know, we showed Oculus what we were doing and Topgolf was in the room during that meeting and Oculus was excited enough to get us in the store. And, and then, you know, we're like, Hey, Hey, Topgolf, we've got an app in the store. Do you want to be involved? And they said, okay. That's uh, a good story. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of went a little bit backwards, but, uh, that's how we got involved with them. And they've, they've just been an amazing partner. And obviously they're pretty thrilled to see that, you know, VR golf uh, is another great way to attract people to Top Golf and into the game as a whole. Yeah. Now that Top Golf's merged with Callaway, they care about right. it. Right. Now it's going to go even bigger. Yeah. 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 Well, Ryan Engel, uh, co founder and CEO of Golf Plus, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, it's great to chat with you once again. Do you have a Do you have a favorite team in the Super Bowl? Uh, I, I, uh, I can't say. I don't, I don't even know who's playing. <laughs> that's terrible. Wow, that's really interesting. Very, golf very lover, but down. not sports nuts. Yeah, exactly. Very focused yeah. on golf. Okay, yeah. well, there if you go. Were, if it were the Cowboys playing, I would know for sure. <laughs> yeah, Texas, I'll bet you would. But since it's not, I, I don't even know. Uh, so, yeah. 
All right. Hopefully the good guys. <laughs> have, a, have a great weekend. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next Friday. Thanks, Charlie.